it's so easy to focus on the actual struggles and focus mm-hmm. on, you know, the negative thing. It's so much more fun and like all like moments that to focus on like what God's done and those connections that he put in place and, you know, the provisions that he, I feel like so much of that, it just overtakes any of the sadness and any of the like the sorrow um and struggles because I can be sad about stuff for a minute and I had like you said I I still have those moments but then I just remind myself of all those moments and I don't know why they just kind of some of them are just funny to me like looking back at I'm like god you're so sneaky like that's what you're doing (laughs) and I'm like how did I not know or how did I not see that you know um It is just funny sometimes, like how sneaky he is. And you're just like, really? Hey, 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 you made it to the Ash and Ivy show where we get to be friends. My name is Riley, and this is just all about creating space to talk about what's going on in life. All the things. The Ash, the Ivy, it all belongs and we're ready for it. I believe God shows up in every single one of our lives in unique ways. It's so beautiful. It's so fun to experience. Listen, we can create lives that light us up and we can do it together. Let's go. Hi, Jess. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for coming on to the Ash and Ivy show. Thanks for having me. It's really such a gift to have you here today. Genuinely, I've been looking forward to this. So tell us who you are and what we need to know about you to kick this off. Um, well, my name is Jessica. Um, call me Jess. I go by lots of different things. Um, <laughs> I am originally from Anderson, South Carolina. Um, currently live in Greenwood. Um, I am now a nurse practitioner. I know. Um, specialized in women's health. Um, and I have a wild little five-year-old. Um, and I guess just a little bit about how we're connected. Um, so obviously I'm from Anderson and it kind of baffles me because I feel like when I've been around you that we're just, I get this like such a deeper relational feeling, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Oh, that makes <laughs> um, me cry. Yeah. But um, so Riley's husband is actually my cousin by marriage, <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> I'm so glad you're the one saying this and not me. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Um, I know. So, um, my mom's dad's brother is Josh's ex stepdad, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. The media's like, it's cool, right? Yeah, it's, totally it, cool. it's the only way we would have come together. For sure. I mean, and I, every family has got their quirks. Um, oh, lots so, so many. And how things are connected, but it is such a blessing. <laughs> it's funny because growing up, um, secret, well, I don't know if it's a secret, but Josh was always my favorite. <laughs> like I didn't, um, obviously there's a, a bigger age gap. Um, yeah. Um, 
I guess, and especially since the times I was around him, he, I guess I just remember him being more of a teenager and I was this little girl, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but he was always my favorite, like at holiday events and and stuff. Mm -hmm. We were together as a family. Um, like I remember him playing piano and singing and stuff like when we were uh, at Christmas oh. and we always kind of joked that we were the black sheep of the family. Oh no. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, he was always like my favorite. I just remember looking up to him a lot as like a little girl. Yeah. So, um, and then especially like, I remember when you guys got married and stuff, I was like, she seems so awesome. <laughs> later so yeah oh man that is cool I didn't know all of that that's pretty neat um well he adores you too and I think it makes him very excited families do have their quirks and Mm -hmm. I think it he values family so much yeah and so even when there are just little connections like this it really delights his heart. And so, um, he's excited about today and us being together and our friendship. And I love just getting to watch you be a mom and you grow with the school and, oh my goodness, I'm so proud of you. You have slayed it. (laughs) It's taken a lot to, I guess, say that I'm proud of myself. I don't want to be proud about that, but um, yeah, it's taken a lot just to be able to say like, I'm proud of myself, you know, like it's mm-hmm. a, like it's a big deal, but um, it's a huge deal. Yeah. yeah. I hope that you've celebrated. Yeah. Mm. We actually celebrated <laughs> in Disney world. That was kind of my, <laughs> my big celebration of finishing school. So oh, yeah, that's a magical celebration. Did Rainier love Disney world? Oh my gosh. He had no clue what we were even about to start doing when we first got there. Like I told him we were (laughs) like, when we got there, I was like, do you know where we are? I was like, we're at Disney world. And he did this weird little chuckle, like, like (laughs) (laughs) we had the best time. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was great to de-stress and just to kind of be a kid myself again. Um, yeah. Like the last five years have been a lot of adulting. <laughs> yep. So much, too much. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to jump in um, to all of the details and I'll probably save this, but I just love to, I think your life is, I don't want to just make it sound like perfect and rosy, but you do just know how to find the fun and be present in the moment. And that's obvious in everything that you do. I know a lot of people probably look at me and think that I'm like, that life is perfect a lot of times and, you know, that everything is rosy. Um, And I know everybody kind of grows up differently. Um, but it's funny sometimes whenever I tell people about like how I grew up that they're just kind of completely shocked about like where I am now. And, um, it's funny because I guess in my mind, I'm not shocked. I'm like, this is just where God brought me, you know, like, I guess I just don't take much credit for it. Um, because I just see how much that God has just done throughout my life. And, um, So I guess to start with, I was raised by a single mom. Um, She actually had me two weeks after she turned 18, which 
being a mom now just kind of baffles me because I'm like, <laughs> I was 30 when I had my um, little boy. And so to think about having a kid when I'm 18 and not even done with high school yet, like it just baffles me. Like, yeah, you know, it definitely makes me appreciate her more and understand more of like her struggle and everything or not understand, but empathize more with um, mm-hmm. her just have compassion. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and a little bit more grace, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. but so, you know, being a teenage mom there, you know, there was a lot of different kind of hands in raising me, um, helping to raise me. And, um, that definitely made, I think a big impact, um, on how I grew up. Um, I guess as far as, how I was exposed to God growing up. Um, I started going to church. You know, I remember going to church with my grandmother mostly. I feel like like a lot of kind of Southern families, everything was kind of more passive. Like there was just a lot of things you didn't talk about or like, I just remember going to church, but it not really being a part of our like life, I guess, if that makes sense. Like it was just- Yeah, like it was more like a Sunday. Yeah. Um, but it's also funny, like, I, it's interesting to me to hear people's like salvation stories or, you know, like, um, like times that they, you know, decided to become a Christian and that sort of thing, because I don't feel like I ever had those, that, that moment like that. Um, and for a while I kind of questioned it because especially like growing up, like more in a like Baptist church, you, there is that, um, (laughs) salvation that's more of like at least the way I perceived it was more of like we like us choosing God and you know us making that decision to follow God and um I just I didn't choose that you know like I I just truly believe like God chose me um and it was funny because I was reading oh where did I see it one of my one of my references here um, <laughs> about while you look for it. I, um, I used to be kind of judgmental about that. Like, especially with my husband, you know, we have such high standards for the people closest to us. And yeah. Like, well, I need to know, like, for sure. When did you change? When did you, and he's like, I don't know. I did it. It's just part of who I am. Yeah. And, um, I used to I hate that I, uh, I struggled with that, but I just, I think doubts creep in and, um, it's easy to judge other people and have these expectations, but you're right. Like, I think, especially when you just are introduced to this, to God's presence early and, and he's just with you and yeah. you do have to choose to surrender your life to him. Um, but it doesn't have to be sure. dated with a Bible. Yeah. Like I walked down the aisle and mm-hmm. like, I remember, I guess whenever I heard more about God and understanding more about him, I was, it almost was like an aha moment. Like I was like, Oh, that's who that is. Like, it was like, even uh-huh. as a little girl, and it kind of gives me some reassurance about like people who have never heard the name of Jesus, that there's still that opportunity that, for them to understand God, you know, they might not be able to put a name to it and, you know, put like Jesus to it. But I do feel like, like, I just remember as a little girl, just like knowing that somebody had me, like somebody was carrying me through, like 
even when like craziness, you know, was going on, like, I just remember being like, you know, something like something's got me like, uh, you know, and then later like learning about God and I'm like, oh, that's who's got me. Like that's who has been like this. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, which is just crazy to like, think that's about cool. Just, like thinking about like being a little girl and, you know, like kind of having those thoughts, but, um, I don't know why I'm so tearful thinking about that. I guess it's just <laughs> like, just knowing that like something bigger than you has got you no matter what. Um, mm -hmm. um, anyways. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> uh, it was so funny because last night, like I was going through some of this stuff and I just got tearful too, just thinking about like how God has protected me, but, um, I think I genuinely appreciate you being so brave because it's, it's, that is the entire mission of Ash and Ivy is being able to go through your story and recognize how you've been covered, provided, pursued. Yeah, for sure. And when you're able to see that in your story, it changes everything because it creates this assurance, this safety yeah. that, that, that you're chosen and that you're loved and you're held. And, and even though life is crazy, yeah. um, there, there is the divine and there is someone who loves you and knowing that I think allows us to walk in hope, you know? So, you know, just kind of always having that feeling. And like you said, I had even my own doubts, like, you know, hearing people talk about, oh, like this was the day that I chose, you know, yeah. to choose Christ, or this was, you know, my baptism. And that's kind of when they kind of mark their salvation. And I didn't, I don't feel like I ever had that day. And I think now, um, I've kind of been more okay with that, but for a while, like, yeah. did, you know, like I felt like Satan did kind of bring in some of those doubts and be like, well, are you saved? Are you going to go to heaven? You know, yeah. Um, even at one point was like, do I need to get baptized again? Do I need to like say a special prayer? <laughs> um, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, but now I think just growing in my faith and like understanding things more and, um, I think too, just having people around me of different, um, kind of like denominations and just having like good open discussions, it's kind of made me feel more secure, I guess, in my salvation and like how, like my relationship with God, like how that all kind of started. But, um, I, there was a point, you know, obviously that I, you know, started to learn more about what it meant to be a Christian and really chose to pursue that path and be like, okay, God chose me, but now I have to choose to follow him, you know, and follow mm -hmm. his ways and, and that sort of thing. Um, and I think this was even like a conversation that Josh and I had back when I was, um, like in high school or something, maybe, um, I kind of went from like one extreme to the other, like, I remember things were just kind of so crazy around me. Um, you know, like obviously my mom was a single mom. So like things were just kind of always different. Um, she worked in a bar. I grew up in a bar. <laughs> um, I remember stocking coolers like every week with her. Um, wow. And so just seeing that lifestyle and seeing, and not that she was all about that lifestyle, but just like being around it. Um, mm -hmm. And then 
you know, kind of learning about God and learning about being a Christian, I almost went to like the far extreme and became extremely like legalistic in my mind. Um, and like kind of everything black and white and very judgmental against, you know, other people and their decisions and stuff. And, um, so that was definitely a struggle of mine for a while. And sometimes even now by myself, like mm-hmm. <laughs> not being so uptight, things don't have to be black and white, you know, Same, yeah. um, but yeah, so it was later that I really, I guess, more chose to, to truly follow that protector that had been there, you know? As yeah. I kind of get baffled by it too. Like, I've loved God for so long and just always had a heart and desire to serve Mm -hmm. people and love people. But I think one of the things I'm kind of, I didn't even know we were going to be talking about this today, but it's interesting. And I haven't really talked about it out loud, but just through this recent journey of mine of allowing myself to unravel and surrender and face kind of the truth of, of my weakness, of my need of my journey that's full of so much brokenness and so many mistakes. It's like, I'm at this whole new place of accepting that I'm loved that I've, I didn't even know I was missing before. So like I had a relationship with God and I loved him so much, but through this journey of just healing and like facing my past and finding the beauty in it, it's like a whole nother level. But anyway, it's just, there's so much growth and there's always more. And that's for sure. Like no matter where we are, we're held and pursued by God, but there's always like more to discover about who he is. For sure. Um, I remember, you know, even in college, I did this um, Bible study on salvation at my church. And I remember the pastor, Jeff, he um, made this comment. He was talking about how, the longer he's been a Christian, the less he feels like he knows because, (laughs) you know, like he's like, he said, there's always opportunity for learning. And he was like, you know, you start out and you think you kind of understand it all. And then the more you learn and, you know, under, you know, think you understand the more it's like, you see how much more you have to learn. <laughs> like, so. oh, I didn't know anything. Yeah, it's amazing. But it doesn't get old. And so that's the thrill of just being in a relationship and that it's so genuine. So yeah. that's so cool. Wow. Well, it sounds like that has kind of sustained you through all the things that you've faced. Yeah. Um, so kind of fast forward, I guess. Um life a little bit I went I went to Lander um I met someone while I was there and ended up getting married um and you know part of the I guess struggle of you know kind of God choosing me early is I also it makes me a little bit prone to wander um and and a little bit too secure that he'll always be there or just trust, um, I guess that he'll just be there. Um, when not and I feel like that he is, but kind of take it for granted, I guess. Um, And and so I have to like, kind of constantly remind myself to be a lot more intentional, um, to, to pursue God that, you know, he, that that's still part of my, um, 
relationship with him that I still need to pursue him. Um, and I think I did throughout college, but I think I ignored some things. Um, mm-hmm. I don't regret getting married by any means, but I do feel like there are some things that I didn't understand and that were probably in part my fault because I didn't, I guess, pursue his approval as much as the people around me. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of followed my, my own desires more than what I knew, like the desires of his heart were. Um, and so, you know, I hear stories about, you know, some marriages and, you know, that, that kind of make you cringe. And I'm so thankful that I don't have those type of stories. Um, obviously, you know, like it wasn't perfect. Um, we ended up getting divorced after like seven years, but, um, it was, I guess I was kind of blissfully naive from the most part of it. Um, and I have great memories. I have great things that we did and, you know, we traveled, we created this beautiful child. Um, and, you know, in the end, he just chose a different life. And that's, I feel like that's my, the best way for me to word it. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, I thought he was a Christian and maybe he is. I don't, you know, that's not, um, I guess, for me to decide, but I don't know, you know, how like God talks about not being unequally yoked. And I feel like we were, I think part of, I kind of like fault myself in some ways because looking back, I kind of feel like I knew, um, but I was too optimistic um, and kind of believed in his potential more than he did almost to his fault. Um, And I think he really struggled with, his view of me and feeling like I was perfect, you know, and I didn't have flaws, um, which I don't think I gave that impression. I think I'm usually quite open about (laughs) my flaws (laughs) and the things I struggle with, but, um, I think of part of like being unequally yoked, I think it just will continue to like drive you apart. Um, and ultimately, you know, he ended up choosing a different life, but, um, it was definitely that whole time of, you know, going through a divorce and everything, like looking back, I could have taken things so differently and handled things so differently. And I think it's so important to like, always remind ourselves that, you know, like we can't control other people and we can't control, you know, like some of the things that happen to us, but we can always control like how we react to it and how we respond. And, um, you know, there's definitely some like lots of low moments, you know, and some lots of plenty of days that I struggled and kind of wrestled with God and, and everything, but it was, it's kind of humorous to me now because God was just so evident. Like it was, it was just so crazy. Like, I feel like I could spend like this entire time just going through probably that good year or two years where it was just like constantly one thing after another that God was just like, this is what I'm, you know, like it was just so obvious that his hand was, was in the situation 
Um, so tell us a little bit, like paint a, a little more visual. So you and your husband moved to travel. Yes. So, um, so he was in the army and we, um, lived in North Carolina. We, he ended up getting out of the army because of some medical issues. We decided to travel for a little bit. Um, he worked with a company that, um, or he decided to work with this company that was going to require him to move every six months for a little while. And so I worked as a travel nurse, um, while he did that. And our first assignment was in North Carolina. So we stayed kind of local and then we moved out to Seattle, Washington. I guess kind of part of when things started getting rocky was after he got out of the military and sort of after we moved to Seattle, honestly, I guess he was struggling a lot more than I realized, um, which I guess is one thing too that I've taken. I feel like I've just kind of looked at the whole situation and, I, you know, I had my time of like grieving and being sad about it. And then it was just kind of like, all right, what can I learn from this and what can I apply? Because I do hope to get married again one day. And so I don't want to make the same mistakes. And while I know a lot of people, you know, kind of blame him, um, I feel like there's still things that I can learn that I probably sure wasn't perfect in our marriage. Um, And I think kind of communication was one of those things. And so I think he just struggled a lot more with, you know, some of the things in the military and some of his past um, that I just didn't see. Um, and so we were in Washington, of course, I was loving life and having a blast and felt like our marriage was great. Um, and then I got pregnant. Um, and it was kind of a surprise to us. Um, honestly, <laughs> I remember going into the bathroom in the shower and just crying because I was like, this is the worst timing. Like we had just moved to Washington. Um, we, you know, we had talked about kids in the future, but, um, you know, working as a travel nurse, insurance can be tricky you know, it's expensive to live in Washington. Um, after we left Washington, we were supposed to go to California. And so it was just kind of like, well, what are we going to do? Like at the time, like he didn't make a ton of money. Like we were a lot more reliant on my salary. Um, and so there was just a lot of questions and yeah, you know, it was just a big deal. Um, and so that's kind of when I saw, started to see more of his struggle. And I guess at the time, it's, it's this seems so silly, but at the time I felt like I thought some of his struggle was more just because of the way I looked that I was hmm. getting fat. <laughs> um, and I remember just like hiding my belly, like it's so silly, it's so silly. I just remember hiding my belly and I just thought he was embarrassed of me or, you know, like didn't like the way my body looked and that sort of thing. And, you know, which seems so silly because things were so much deeper than that. And I just didn't even realize it. Um, which in part I'm kind of thankful for, um, it was kind of more of a shock when things kind of ended and really some things came out of the dark, but, um, I think, I guess there's pros and cons to ways, (laughs) the way things happen. Um, so how did you see God showing up for you in those, when you look back, like, where's the beauty? Oh my gosh. So the first full day that we were in Washington, um, 
we like immediately went to the city. This is like one of my favorite stories. Um, <laughs> we immediately went to the city and I don't know if you've ever been to, you've been to Seattle. So, you know, yes. I, even, I think I even told you to go to this place. Um, there in Pike's Market, there's this bookstore and it's like mm-hmm. on the like little bit lower the level. It's not the main top level, but it's like the second under level or whatever. Yep. Um, and there's this Italian man, um, that runs the bookstore. I don't know if he owns it, but he like runs it. And I love going in there because he almost like greets everybody like in a sing song manner. Like he's always just like, <laughs> kind of like he'll talk, but then he'll like sing a little bit. And it's, it's really funny. Um, but he had this dry erase board right by the cash register. And I remember going in there literally our first full day in Seattle and um, he had this dry erase board and at the top it said um, what I want to do before I die and um, gosh it was so crazy because I remember and the, you know of course people had written a couple of different things and he he always he was oh, asking me I see checking out like do you want to write something on my board and um my ex, like he, um, he wrote to climb Mount Everest. Like that was the one thing he wanted to do before he died. And, um, I didn't write anything because my immediate thought was, I want to be a mom. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> which, is like, um, which is funny because I was probably at that time, like a week pregnant <laughs> or like two weeks pregnant. I may have been like a week or two, um, or either got pregnant that week. Um, <laughs> crazy, but I didn't write it on the board because, you know, he and I had talked about having kids in the future, but I knew it was not the best timing. Um, and I didn't want to like put that pressure on him just because I knew that I was like, this will happen for us one day, but I didn't want him. I knew that he knew my heart already. And so I was like, and I just felt I was like, that feels silly that I would write that on board, you know, like when he mm. was, I want to climb Mount Everest, <laughs> I'll be a mom. But, um, in kind of a full circle moment, like a year, like two years later, I took Rainier back with me. Um, and we went to that same bookstore and I got to write on there, you know, like what my, biggest goal was in life or whatever so that was a really sweet moment but um it was kind of like already fulfilled but just kind of like little things looking back at that gosh like so when I left I actually was six months pregnant and moved to North Carolina and stayed with a friend but it's so crazy how God has been like I think he just he knows it's just so he's just so perfect. Like he just knows like everything that's going to happen way before it happens. And there's just so much, I feel like I can just see so much proof of that in my life. Um, so one of the girls that I met, um, when I first moved to North Carolina, like playing such a huge role of, you know, whenever I first separated and moving across the country, um, one thing that I feel like God completely worked out was, you know, I mentioned we were in Washington and we were supposed to go to California after that. I had to apply for another nursing license, like in each state. I had applied for my nursing license in California and it typically takes a little bit longer. They're a little bit slower, but for some reason, my license was extremely slow. Like, and I had people tell me, 
they're like, you know, well, once they cash your check, your temporary license should be in within a couple of weeks and you'll be able to apply for a job. Well, it was like November um, and they had cashed my check. So I was like, well, surely by, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to, it was like early November. I was like, I'll be able to start applying for jobs in California or looking for jobs in California because we were supposed to move in January. And um, it just didn't come, it didn't come. So we had already even kind of been talking about, I was like, well, I was like, I don't want to move to California and us go in debt and have a baby. I was like, you know, that's just ridiculous. I was like, what if I moved back home for just a few months until my license came in, had the baby. And then while I'm on maternity leave, we can both come to California with you. And so we had already kind of started that plan without me knowing what was about to happen. And so like, it's just so crazy. I even, um, I even had talked to my friend in North Carolina because she and I had worked together and she had already mentioned to her boss that I might be looking for a job on the East Coast. (laughs) Um, And then, so when things happened and I left and everything happened really fast, you know, I had some people that were like, just, you know, just stay with us. Let us help you take care of things. We'll help with your bills. We'll help with that. And I'm such a like independent person. I was like, no, I have to work. Like I cannot ask people for money. I'm going to like provide for myself, you know, my baby and stuff. And so I remember I was literally six months pregnant and I went to this, this lady, um, and asked for a job (laughs) and just knowing that she was like, it's like, they're not going to hire me. Like, here's this girl, like, who's just moving from another state. She's six months pregnant, about to go through a divorce. Like, should we hire her? And they like literally hired me over the phone. Like it was not (laughs) a deal. And I even remember like double checking with her. I was like, you know, I'm six months pregnant, (laughs) you know, cause I was like, I don't want to hide it. Like I want you to, I was like, I'm, yeah, you don't want to walk in on the first day. (laughs) Here's my Um, belly. (laughs) And, um, so just like how welcoming they were, how things worked out. My friend that lived in North Carolina, um, just our friendship and our connection before I ever, you know, moved to Seattle, like just the way God kind of worked that out. Um, The way he did not provide my California nursing license. So I was already, you know, looking for jobs and stuff and had connections um, on the, on the East coast. And so, you know, looking back, I'm like, now I know why like my nursing license never came in. It was delayed because if it had come in, I would have been I would never asked anybody about a job on the East coast, you know, it would have been really starting from scratch. Um, and so, you know, just seeing things like that and even, oh, another like awesome first full circle moment was, so when I was on maternity leave, um, which I had unpaid maternity leave because, you know, switching jobs, um, I ended up moving back to South Carolina there was a lot of moves in there. <laughs> yeah. I think poor Rainier, he, um, from the time he was born, <laughs> we moved one, two, three, four times. Um, but within eight months, we moved four times. Oh, um, wow. So he was too little. He had no idea. <laughs> um, he didn't have a nursery. We didn't, he didn't even have a crib until he was nine months old. So it was, you know, we were just kind of 
flying by the seat of our pants for a little bit. But so when I moved back to South Carolina, I actually moved in with my best friend's mom. So my best friend, Jessie, that I think you and I have talked about, she lives in Texas. Um, Mm -hmm. She and I grew up together, best friends since like sixth grade. Well, when we were in high school, her parents separated um, and got a divorce and her mom actually moved into my grandparents' old house. And it was, I remember it was, I don't want to kind of tell too much of their story, but um, she kind of left her husband suddenly and um, Jessie and I and her sister knew about it. And we kind of knew like things were going to happen. And we actually took a day off of school and went home and packed all their stuff and left and, you know, moved them into my grandparents' old house. Um, And I just remember, you know, just really kind of admiring her mom and, you know, seeing her strength. And I don't ever remember seeing her like kind of waver in her faith. And, and I mean, I'm sure she had her moments and, you know, Mm -hmm. she probably would tell the story different, but Um, I just remember just being like, gosh, she's so strong, like to be able to go through this with three children, um, move in a day, like literally pack up her house and move in a day. And, um, and I'm not even sure what all she had to deal with, like, you know, as the actual divorce and all that stuff happened, but, um, just kind of really admiring her strength and just her, as a mom and, you know, I spent so much time at their house growing up. Um, so to be able, like (laughs) for those moments, like moving back to South Carolina and moving in with her, it was just kind of like, (sighs) like, (laughs) it was awesome. Yeah. It was like, it was almost like the perfect person that I needed to help me through those first few months, you know, like, not only does she um, kind of experience a very similar situation, but she knew me as like a child. Like she saw me grow up. She like, there was no, like, I didn't have to explain things, you know, yeah. um, or explain myself. Mm, that or, is so beautiful. Or, just so crazy. Um, and, and such a good mom too, to have. For sure. That. And, you know, like, I love her and I know that I could, I think I still have a key to her house. Um, (laughs) We don't talk all the time, but I feel like those, you know, like when I see her, it's like nothing has changed. Um, But it was such a good like healing time. You know, I think some people try to rush through grief and rush through like all those emotions. And for a while I felt like I kind of, kid or ran away from things, but I don't think I really did. Um, so I feel like you took time to grieve and yeah, really face. And I, think I, I think I just kind of protected myself and gave myself a good space to be able to grieve on my own and grieve kind of on my own terms. Um, so when I first left Seattle, I didn't tell hardly anyone. Um, my family yeah. didn't know. Um, I actually was in Greenwood for a full week before anybody knew. I, I had two people knew that I had left Seattle. Um, right. it was, I literally packed up everything and left in a night. Um, it was, it was just very, very sudden. Um, and so 
I remember I, I took the job and I moved to North Carolina. I wasn't very truthful with people about like why I was back on the East Coast. Um, not even my family, which it wasn't necessarily a lie. It just, I just didn't tell the whole truth, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> why do you think that is? Like, do you, I think was there, there was, shame? There was a lot of shame. Oh my gosh. So much shame and so much embarrassment. Um, I think, you know, growing up, having that independence and having such a kind of legalistic um, view on things, I one thing that motivated me so much was I don't want to end up like my mom. Um, I don't want to be, you know, a teen. I don't want to, and not, I don't mean like end up like my mom. I just didn't want to end up like in her situation as far as um, I didn't want to be a single mom. I didn't want to like not be able to finish school. I didn't want to like, I don't know. Um, I guess in that kind of realm. And so to find myself like in the midst of potential divorce, like I was just like embarrassed. I was, I just really struggled. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of embarrassment. And Do you think that's wrapped up in like this expectation of what, of this life you had for yourself? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, and, and like I said, like a lot of pride in that too. Um, I think mm-hmm. part of my legalistic and, um, you know, kind of views and determination um, kind of some, in some ways made me have an attitude of like, I'm better than that. Um, and mm-hmm. um, I would never make those mistakes or I would never you know, that wouldn't happen to me. Um, yeah. I remember, you know, some family members and some friends struggling with infidelity and divorce, like the year before mine and really having those thoughts of that would never happen to us. You know, like yeah. even having conversations with my ex about like, this is what we need to do. Like, so that this, you know, like this doesn't happen to us. Like, please tell me if you have these thoughts, because I don't want this to happen to us. And in my mind, like our marriage wasn't touchable. Like I wasn't, you know, like things weren't going to happen that way. Um, it's not, I think this, it just made me, I, um, one of the books that I read during that time, because I guess one of the other points I was going to make is like during that whole time was I really kind of started throwing myself into like, how to improve myself. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the books was all, all Lisa took her book. Oh um, yes. Oh my gosh. So good. It's not supposed to be this way is what she just held up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what were you going to say then? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> so yeah. So I think some of the pride and some of the, um, some of that, um, embarrassment was a huge reason, but, um, in hindsight, I think it gave me that opportunity to kind of be away from people. Um, I really shut a lot of people out and, but I think I did it in a somewhat healthy way. Um, if that's possible, I think sometimes it's okay to not put on this front or not pretend like everything is okay with everybody. Um, 
the girl that I lived with in North Carolina, she was such a perfect um, person for me to be with at the time. Um, I almost felt like she grieved the whole situation as much as I did. Um, I remember those first few weeks I was at her house and um, just feeling so down and like not knowing like what direction to go. And she, (laughs) one day she brought me this book and (laughs) she had already read it. And it was um, about, what was it called? Something about when you're, um, when your partner's a lie, uh, so it had to do with like, in, it was, the whole book was about infidelity and, um, marriage and how to either recover from infidelity and strengthen your marriage or either how to, you know, move on like after a divorce from infidelity. Yeah. She was happily married. <laughs> she was happily married like, I need to know all the things. Like three months pregnant. Um, but I think she was just so invested in me as a person and invested in my situation. And I think she truly was, you know, like, you know, if she, you know, she said that she kind of saw some things before everything happened that made her question some, um, mm-hmm. I guess some things, but, um, I think she was always hopeful and she really liked my ex too. So I, I think there, you know, there were some people in my life that, you know, struggled because he not only cut me out, he cut everyone out. And so I think a lot of people struggle with that too. And so, um, I think she did a little bit and it made her so sad to see me in that situation. And I think she wanted to understand what was happening to and like understand, you know, his side of it and just the whole situation that she read this book basically for me. Um, (laughs) and then she like brought it to me and she's telling me all this stuff and, you know, gets me to read the book. And it was so good because I think it was, one of those first moments that it made me have a little bit more grace for him. Um, and you know, one of the things they talked about was like the perfect storm, like things like this just don't happen out of nowhere. And, you know, it truly can happen to anybody. Um, and it can blindside any marriage and any relationship. Um, but, um, but yeah. And so it made me, it gave me that, first kind of stepping stone to start looking at the situation as not woe is me this is my terrible life now like this is something that I need to be embarrassed of but what can I grow from Um, what can I learn from this where is God in this situation and where do I need to go from here Um, and so it was a definitely a great time and I'm I'm kind of glad that I didn't tell like the whole world what was going on because I didn't have to listen to a million different um opinions and you mm-hmm. know get all the different questions and everything I remember it was funny because some people when I actually moved back to South Carolina had people ask me they're like oh how's your ex? you know <laughs> like how's such and such and I'd be like um we're not married anymore and they were just completely like yeah. oh my gosh I had no clue you know we just thought he was still with you um mm-hmm. but I was just very kind of private about it and I think I just mm-hmm. needed to be for a just while guarding your own heart for sure um That's good I can relate to that yeah well how was having 
having Rainier. Let's just mention that you named your baby after a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is so fabulous. Um, You're such an adventurer. He is, he's the best. And I feel like he is truly, I think he's going to live up to his namesake. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, so. He likes to tell people about how Mount Rainier is a sleeping volcano. And I'm just like, and I just kind of laugh because I'm just like, oh, like, that's just, (laughs) sometimes that's how he is. But, um, so, you know, like, I feel like every girl has like a list either written down or in their mind somewhere of like names that they will name their children one day. And, yeah. um, you know, I had that list of names in my, in my mind. And as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I felt like I immediately knew it was a boy. There was just so much testosterone in my body that I could not control. <laughs> but I was like, it's a boy. Um, and when we started looking at names, there was no name that just like, that it just didn't seem right. And so actually a guy that I worked with at the time, um, he was like, you know, you and your husband are always so adventurous. You are always out like, you know, hiking and everything. He was like, why don't you name him after a mountain? Like name him Rainier or something. And I was like, how perfect. (laughs) Um, and it kind of worked out that, um, it was kind of a, a neat coincidence too. So the weekend I actually found out that I was pregnant, his dad was actually on the summit of Mount Rainier. Oh, Um, which is kind of cool. So, um, of course now it's a little bit of a struggle because, so his dad is not in the picture at all. Um, it was just a choice that he made. And, um, I, I think that, I don't know what the future holds, but, um, I am optimistic that this is for a good reason, um, that, you know, God is just protecting him, um, protecting Rainier from, from different things. Um, so, but I, I do want him one day to be able to look back and still see, you know, like, the good um I know that he will probably struggle with questions because I struggled with questions and still struggle with some questions but um I guess I just try to always look at like the good um and always try to find you know what positives you can take from things and what you can pick out that was you know I saw this quote recently it was like sometimes people are not meant to be in your life forever and I feel like sometimes you really just have to accept that and as heartbreaking as it can be it's like sometimes they're there to serve a purpose and you know sometimes they're just not meant to be there all the time (laughs) Um, and it's you can't explain it all right and you can't explain it and I'm sure like some of my questions and some of Rainier's questions may not ever be answered and Um, but I guess I want him to look back and be like, you know, like my dad may not have been here, but he gave me, um, some of that sense of adventure and some of that, you know, perseverance and resilience in some ways. Um, so, you know, I think he will have plenty of men that he will be able to look up to and have like a role model and that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah. 
So, um, so that's kind of where his name came from. Is this hard to talk about? Um, in some ways it's almost like, I think so much, well, I feel like time has passed. I feel like there was such a, I think there's moments where it's really hard and I feel like I grieve in some ways, but it's almost like an out of body experience. <laughs> is that, is that weird? Mm-hmm. That, like this is um, not how yeah, like it's mm-hmm. um, like to talk about my ex um, and to talk about like Rainier with with him and and everything. Um, I guess in some ways in my brain, it's just matter of fact, like this is just how our life is. Like it's just it could be so different. Um, I feel like I've always told myself like somebody else has got it worse. Like, you know, like his dad's not here, but you, you know what? God's probably protecting him from from, you know, situation. I think his dad is, you know, probably doing a lot of personal growth on his own. And sometimes children don't need to be around that, you know? Um, and so I feel like God is probably just protecting Rainier and, um, you know, I, it makes me feel worse for children who go through life with parents who are there, but are terrible parents, you know? Um, yeah. He's safe and he's happy and Um, and I love watching. um, I'm not, you know, up close with your parenting all the time, but a couple times and, and just through social media and it's just fun to see you enjoy him so much and just enjoy your people and enjoy your life. And you just have this energy of yes. Like that's just what I get from you is just yes to life and Mm-hmm. I was curious, like what you were like as a little girl. <laughs> I think I was just like Rainier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, um, I think I was a little bit mischievous, which is funny. Cause sometimes when he like will grin and I know that it's just, I just have to like shake my head. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you're just like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you feel like that? spark ever kind of diminished for a while or do you feel like with with you oh with me um I think just briefly um you know it felt like an eternity at the time um you know going through my divorce you know you know how people talk about like the this like the what is it the five cycles of grief how you're like yeah denial denial was a big one for me in the beginning (laughs) um um those like I I talk it's funny because I'll talk to people now who have either been through divorce or going through divorce and I feel like that those cycles of of grief um felt so fast um that first year and it felt like it almost felt like I was like in this constant like tornado of you know being in denial of what my life was like, being angry at, you know, my situation. And I remember feeling so frustrated because like, I feel like God's um, hand was so evident in his, um, I knew what he wanted out of my life at the time. And I knew the direction that he was headed in, but I didn't like it. And so I was angry, but I was like accepting it, but still angry. <laughs> That's, <laughs> um, like, I would just like, I remember like filing for divorce and being so, so incredibly angry, um, just at the situation, not really angry at God, but 
I guess in some ways, because I had prayed and fought so hard to not have to go through that moment. And it was just like, I knew it was the right thing, but I wasn't happy. You know, like it was, it was still really hard and still like, I guess, angry about it. But um, I felt like those cycles just were like constant. And I would have those moments of like just being sad and then angry and then kind of accepting it and then been denial, you know, and like that whole thing. And then um, I guess it was about, plus all the, add in the postpartum um, hormones. Let's just- Oh, that's what I keep thinking. Like you've got a baby. I'm just, Um, my heart is picturing this, like you're cherishing these, this time with your baby and, and you are you able to really just be in the moment or it was so much at um, once I guess part of one of those life-changing moments was and also those God moments gosh there's just so many I feel like I could literally go on <laughs> God provided and the way he just you know forged our path and is still forging our path um so when I moved to North Carolina um in Washington, I had seen a normal OB, um, and it was just very like kind of in and out, like quick OB visits, um, here, pee in a cup. Do you have any questions? All right. See you next time. Um, Mm -hmm. and when I moved, um, to North Carolina, I had heard some about midwives and heard a little bit about it, but I was really interested. And I was like, I, what I knew about it was that I knew that they took a little bit more time with you. They were, you know, in your labor, you know, um, a little bit longer, they didn't kind of rush you through appointments. And so I knew like in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm a strong person, but this is a lot to handle. (laughs) (laughs) Moving across the country, being six months pregnant and being separated from your husband, like not just like physically separated, but emotionally separated from, you know, like the one person who's supposed to be there for you. Um, I was like, I think I might need a little bit more support. <laughs> so um, I remember going to this, I just Googled birth centers. Um, at the time I was in Holly Springs or right outside of Raleigh. And I had Googled, Googled birth centers um, or midwives um, in the area and ended up at Baby and Company. Which, and I went to go um, meet the staff there had called and they were like, yeah, you can come kind of do a walk through and meet some of the midwives. Of course I'm six months pregnant. So I'm like, I'm a little bit behind. (laughs) Um, but I remember walking in and the first midwife I met, her name was Margaret and she was just precious. Um, wonderful, wonderful lady. And I remember her talking about like being a midwife and like why she you know, why that was her purpose and what her kind of her background was and what her mission was. And I just remember being so overwhelmed and being like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so, um, Mm. they ended up accepting me, even though I was like super late in my pregnancy, because they didn't typically like to, you know, accept someone that late. And they had like five midwives there. And I remember they were telling me, um, they're like, you don't get to pick, you know, like they do rotate calls. So you're not sure who, who, which midwife will actually be there when you deliver, but they were like, um, their positive way of kind of looking at it was they're like, we, we like to joke that your baby chooses your midwife. Um, it was was so funny because they were like, you know, when we do your appointments, we rotate you through the midwives so that you get to meet everybody. Well, whenever I, um, 
obviously I was starting later, so I didn't have appointments with every midwife. Um, and the whole reason I chose that birth center was because of Margaret and mm-hmm. I actually never saw her in a visit because, um, just because of the way my appointments fell. And then the day my water broke, she was on call and she ended up <laughs> delivering Rainier, which was like a, um, a great full circle moment too. But mm-hmm. so through that whole experience, which is, I think one reason, um, Obviously now I'm a nurse practitioner and I specialize in, in women's health. And <laughs> amazing. I did it because of that situation. Um, because God put us in North Carolina, because God um, put us in the hands of those midwives, because it gave me that opportunity of seeing what, um, what kind of like healthcare and um, situations, like how it can affect somebody's perception on life and and truly kind of like empower them. Um, and I was like, you know, going through all of that, I could have struggled so much more, but the midwives there, they were just so wonderful. Um, I felt like there was never, there was never a single doubt in, can you do it? Or are you strong enough? Um, when it came to like birth and delivery. And I felt like that, that belief in me, like transcended through the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Words are powerful like that. Yes, so, and people can either give life and empower you and it lasts. For sure. Um, and it kind of makes me sad now when I hear about some women's like birth stories and how like you know, they struggled and, you know, they didn't have great situations. And it's like, I wonder if they had a different situation, how it would affect the rest of their life, like how it would affect their confidence in approaching other hard things, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and how they believed in themselves. But Mm, that's a whole other box. (laughs) Yeah, really. I'm willing to go there. (laughs) Um, but, um, it was just, I think obviously through some of that time, um, through the divorce and the separation and all of the postpartum hormones, like on top of everything, moving four times in eight months. Um, and I say I moved four times, um, (laughs) so I lived with, um, when I first moved to North Carolina, I lived out of a suitcase in one of my best friends, like, um, upstairs, like, (laughs) so I lived with her and that's where I took Rainier home. Um, and I don't always talk about all of these details, but I feel like, you know, I was reading through some things last night and it's like, um, one of my favorite verses was, through the whole situation was Psalm 40, um, or one of my favorite, I guess, sets of verses was in Psalm 40, where they talk about, um, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise. It's so good. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) These are like happy tears too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's so good to be able to look back. This is why we tell our story and just you, you sharing so bravely invites so many others into to looking into their story to find the beauty. Um, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God and many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. 
um, gosh, it's just, <laughs> it's so true. Um, and I feel like, I feel like my situation, like, yes, it sucked, but I don't like to, it's not the worst. Definitely. I feel like other people have it worse and, you know, things I'm so grateful that it was not as bad and that, you know, that I had these provisions and I had these friends and, and family that kind of like took after me and, and, um, really kind of held me in those times, but it just, it really baffles me sometimes to look back and be like, God did that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I lived in the upstairs bedroom, <laughs> of my friend, um, in North Carolina And then I moved to South Carolina. Um, Actually, Sarah came and packed me up and moved me in like a day because I think they just knew like it was just time. Like I just needed something different. You know, like I needed a little bit more support. Um, I moved in with Suzanne. She has a a small house. Um, She was used to living by herself, you know, like, so (laughs) I had, you know, like, and here I am with a three month old um, moving into her house. And so, um, you know, still not my own space. I didn't have anything. Still living kind of like out of a suitcase. Um, I had some things in storage, but, um, you know, God provides. Um, Look what you've built now. Yeah. And then um, I actually, you know, was, I had gotten a job in Greenwood, but was driving from Anderson. And that was such a struggle. And so I ended up, I was looking for a place to live in Greenwood and um, decided to try to buy a house instead of renting because rent is just kind of crazy here. And I ended up living, we moved in with a friend of mine here into her pool house. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fancier than it probably was. (laughs) Well, there was no bathtub. There was just a shower that was tiny. And, um, she had four kids of her own. Um, so it was just, it was very interesting. And then, you know, there, I ended up finding a house pretty quick, but then things, you know, things don't always work out perfect with closing and stuff like that. So with like a six to, he was like six to eight months old, six to nine months old while we were living in the pool house, so it was around about that time where he's like teething really good. And you know, <laughs> um, it was, oh. it was definitely interesting. Um, so, so yeah, there was definitely like some periods where I feel like I probably lost my joy a little bit and um, kind of lost myself, but I feel like it was in the grand scheme of things, it was brief um, and it was kind of needed. I think, sometimes we do our best growth in the darkness and in those grief moments. And so I don't, um, I'm not sad about them, I guess. Um, I'm glad they happened. Um, but, um, I do feel like, you know, like I said earlier, we, we can choose, how to react to things and we can choose to be that woe is me and, you know, kind of give up on you know, our situation or we can find the positive and choose to be happy and choose to surround ourselves with, um, with people who are going to build us up, even on the days that we can't hold our own head up, you know? Um, yeah. And so I think having that 
background and having, you know, being intentional with who I put around me and um, the people that I let influence my life uh, made such a, like an impact um, and really kind of brought me to where I am now. Um, and definitely things aren't perfect by any means. And I still have days that I struggle. Um, but yeah, what's keeping you afloat these days? Like what, how do you keep your energy up and what um, gives you life? Goodness, the last year of school, um, trying to finish school in a pandemic was <laughs> was um, was definitely one for the books. But um, I guess some things that keep me motivated and is, uh, gosh, Rainier plays such a huge part in it. Like um, he has such a, a fun spirit and so loving and you know, just being a mom, like, is it a huge motivator? Um, you know, so I guess some things that like kind of keep me out of the loony bin <laughs> are just, you know, like staying active and keeping, you know, like I said, surrounding myself with people who are, who are living life kind of to the fullest and who are challenging themselves. And, you know, I'm glad to be done with school, um, and kind of be more on a normal schedule because I can um, actually go to church and be more involved now. <laughs> Whereas I, mm-hmm. I struggled before, like with school, I was, I still worked while I was in school. And so that was like juggling a lot. Um, and so I felt, you know, like we started going to a church here when we moved, but, you know, having a newborn and then being in school and working, it was hard to go every Sunday and hard to kind of make those connections. And there's a few women at church that I had kind of connected with, but um, now I feel like I can, I guess, be more involved and grow even more. Well, you just have got to be a lot more rested now that you're done with school. (laughs) I mean, just basic sleep. Yes. Right. For sure. Um, And you go to the gym and looks like you like to get outside. Yeah. So um, that's good. One of the things I read this morning was in second Thessalonians and it just talked about grace bringing delight. And I looked at it a little bit deeper and, um, just felt this message was so life-giving for you. This is how I see you. And it just talked about, I wrote just grace awakens joy and pleasure. And when we're able to kind of grasp that deeper level or touch that moment of grace, Cause it's fleeting, right? Like we don't stay in that moment of like divine connection all the time, but we have these moments of, of just feeling deeply loved and seen and covered. And it's those moments when we hold on to them, it kind of sinks in your mind. Like what you were describing of just knowing there's just this belief that he is for us yeah, and it brings us alive. And, um, I just see like you bring so much joy, so much joy. And I really believe that God made you that way. Um, But I also believe that he's developed that through you, your ability to see grace. And it's a gift. It's a gift. And we're so thankful you shared it with us today. I did want to share like one other verse that I, it was one that I had written down a while back and I had it, I had it on a sticky note on my door. Um, but, um, this was one that, um, I guess that really kind of carried me through and it remind it, it helped me to 
look for those moments of God because I feel like he's always working around us and um you know we may not see it or we may not recognize it but I feel like he's he's always there and he's always doing things but I think we have to be intentional about connecting with him and and kind of looking for him I don't know if I did this bible study once it was with um I think it was Patricia Schreier about hearing the voice of God or discerning the voice of God and Mm -hmm. talked about like positioning yourself in a in a way to to see God and to hear from God and communicate with him and and everything but anyways this this verse just always kind of stuck out to me it was Habakkuk 1 5 um I'm sure you're probably familiar with it but the Lord replied look around at the nations look and be amazed for I'm doing something new in your own day something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it um And I just feel like, I feel like so much of my, you know, the last, especially the last several years, like there's just so much, like if I, if somebody had told me like, this is where my life was going to be, like, I totally would not have believed them. Um, (laughs) I never, you know, like just the way things ended up, like where I'm working, what I'm doing, you know, it, it just, I wouldn't have believed it. Like there was just, I just didn't. Like, I, I don't know, like, I just, I didn't see my life here, but it's so much better than I thought it would be. Wow, this stuff lights me up every time. And I want to hear from you. It's your turn. So listen, first, I want to thank you for subscribing to this podcast. That means the world to me. Reviewing and sharing the show is the best way to help it grow and is the greatest gift to me. So if you like what you hear, please pop it in your stories and tag me. Thanks.